Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back to episode 33. We're on 33. We've been here every Saturday, the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We're here. We're the original Jews. We're from Shem, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're here. Uh, I know some of you have sent me your email. If you've ever sent me your email address every Saturday at about 9.45, I'll be sending you an invite to come on in the Zoom. As you see, we have squares filled already. We welcome everyone. I see uh, a new square. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, we welcome you. Just leave your email address or send it to me by messenger, and I will invite you every Saturday. You can come in whenever you want. Um, and Rabbi, even if he's talking or my, am I talking, if you come in late, we'll go ahead and accept you in, okay? All right, so... Let's talk about uh, this Valentine's Day, this pagan hit, uh, this pagan holiday tomorrow. So I know a lot of you are uh, used to celebrating it. I used to celebrate it. Um, matter of fact, my wedding anniversary is tomorrow. We got married on Valentine's Day. And so I think you need to know the history. What we're doing here is we're educating you about these pagan holidays. And uh, from what I read up on it, there was this Roman ruler and he wanted people to join into the war. And a lot of people, men weren't joining. So he felt like they weren't joining because their wives were keeping them from joining. And so what he did was say, okay, no more engagements and no more weddings. And then there was this priest called St. Valentine's. So he didn't agree with that. So on the, on the down low, on the secret, he was still marrying people. And so when this Roman, I think his name was Claudia, Claudius, when he found out about it, he had uh, St. Valentine killed. Matter of fact, he had him beaten and he had him beheaded. And so that was on February 14th, he had him beaten and beheaded. And so I know there's a lot of different um, meanings and theories behind Valentine's Day, but that was the main one that really caught my eye on why they're celebrating it. And so to me, my thing is, if you really want to celebrate Valentine's Day, you should be getting engaged or married on that day. And it's just by chance I did get married on that day. And so that would really represent what a union under the Lord, not just giving somebody some um, this, uh, some candy and this bear and acting like you like them, trying to lay down with them. We, we know how it go. We've been there, we've done that. And so uh, Purim is what we're celebrating this month. So Purim is uh, about the book of Esther and that starts on the 25th through the 26th. So uh, on Purim, what you do is you give somebody some uh, food. You give them a basket of food. And what better uh, thing to do is to help someone, to give someone something, to service someone, because that's really what we're here for, right? Okay. So uh, we don't have Brother Mike today, but you can go back and read over your words from the last episode so uh, you can learn your Hebrew words. But we do have our Easter Keeping It Real. I'm Easter. And uh, we're going to keep it real. I'm going to be a little brutal today, but uh, it's all about life. And it's all about us digesting some different things to wake up, right? An awakening. And sometimes the awakening comes within ourselves, us looking in the mirror and working on our own self, right? So today, my Easter keeping it real is, are you praying on people or are you praying on people? They're praying is two words. So there's the pray, right? P-R-A-Y. Now that means a solemn request 
or expression of thanks to God, an act of supplication or intercession directed towards God. So that's praying for someone. Now the other was P-R-E-Y. So that's, that's, that's not a good thing, pray. Pray is to hunt and kill or a person that is helpless and unable to escape, an escape an attack or it's a victim. Pray or pray. So let's start with, um, and we just have to get these issues out because they're real issues that are, are going on in our community that we need to talk about. We're not here to, to point the finger at nobody or convict somebody. We're here to work on us, to work on our situation, to work on the nation. So let's start with the woman. So let's go biblically on this. Um, we're gonna start with the P-R-E-Y, Delilah. So Delilah in the Bible, and uh, let's go to Judges uh, 16 and 19. And she betrayed Samson, right, for some money. And it says in Judges 16 and 19, then she lured him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off his seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. She sold him out, Delilah did, right? And then let's talk about that black widow spider. We've heard of those black widows. The black widow is a female that a spider that carries out a sexual cannibalism after mating. She often kills and eat the mate after mating with him. And that's why a lot of the uh, males live a short lifespan. Hmm. Are you a black widow spider? Are you a Delilah? Have, have you, did you say, well, no, I, I don't do those things. Well, I got a list. We're we going to find out here. Okay. And so just, just, just check yourself. So if you're doing, if you're a woman and you're doing this to the man, I'm just going to name a couple of things. Are you telling the police on him to have him arrested? Are you uh, using your children like pawns to get him to come over to mate with you? Uh, do you uh, take him to child support office every time you get mad? Are you sleeping with a married man and trying to destroy his marriage and contacting his wife? Are you calling his job to get him fired? Are you extorting him, using extortion taxes to keep secrets from him, from his wife and his girlfriend, saying, give me some money for me to be quiet? Are you plotting to kill him for financial gain? Are you taking things out on him on the pain that the world has caused you? And are you telling lies to smear that man's name? And so if you're doing these things and just think about it, like, man, if you're doing these things, today is the day to stop. If you're carrying that Delilah and that black widow spider trait, today is the day to change your, word, your ways to work on you, okay? And start building people up, start building a nation up, start building him, him up, the, the Hebrew community up and building our brothers up. It's time now to stop the foolishness because time is running out. And that, that black widow spider, she devours and eats him. That's devouring and eating him. That's, that's shortening his lifespan. That's making his blood pressure go up. That's in, in putting him in prison. Because once they get in prison, they have a tag on them for the rest of their life. They can't even spit on the sidewalk without being picked up. It's time for the foolishness to stop. Now let's get to you men. 
So don't be like, oh yeah, Easter keeping it real today and pointing at your woman. Let's talk about the man now. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 3, 4 through 7. 2 Timothy 3, 4 through 7 talks about those perilous men. Hold on, let me get there. I had it a minute ago. Okay. It stays here. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but, but denying the power in form such people turn away. Oh, so let's get to the sixth. For of this sort are those who creep into the household and make captive a gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the truth, the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Are you doing that, men? Perilous men? Oh no, that that's that's not me. Uh, what's she talking about? The gullible women. Let let me give you some numbers too. Let me talk about what's on my sheet. Number one, are you going from household to household, laying down with women and producing children and not taking care of them? Are you selling broken promise and lies to them as if you're going to marry these women just to lie down with them? Number three, are you begging women for money and living off them? Because you know a man that don't, the man that don't work don't eat. That's what the Bible says. Number four, are you uh, talking none of these women clothes and calling them hoes and bitches? Yeah, I said it because Easter keeping it real today. Number five, are you beating them and abusing her? Six, are you uh, taking advantage of her loneliness? Seven, are you raping women and are you raping children? And eight, are you verbally assassinating her to make her feel like nothing? Stop it. We're going to stop P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, praying on people. We're going to stop praying on one another and start praying, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, for each other and building up the nation and building each other up. Okay, I'm not here to point a finger. I'm here to say, if, if you're in this category, stop it and turn from your ways. We have to start loving each other. We have to start loving our children. And let's talk about praying in the Bible. And in the Bible, Matthew uh, 5 and 44 say, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If you're turning from your wicked ways and you doing right, and they're still wrong, doing wrong for you, pray for them. Because it's not for them anyway, it's for you. Once you figure out this is really for you and your salvation, you'll have a different spin on this and things will start turning around. So let's go on to James 5 and 16. James 5 and 16 says, and this is a good one. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. That's what it's saying, sorry. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It's, it didn't say them. It says that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Wow. Wow. That's James 5 and 16. 
I'm sorry. That's the most powerful words you can tell someone is I'm sorry and mean it. And don't go back to it. And it said it has great power over that person that builds them up. When somebody comes to you and they say they sorry and you mean it, it they, they will cry because it's, it's so it's so refreshing. It's so much healing in that. It says, I, you want better for me. We, we're going to stop this. Today is a new day. We're going to do something fresh. You want to celebrate some something tomorrow, you celebrate on that. Celebrate on looking in the mirror and say, you know what? One of those things that Easter said, I've been doing and I'm going to stop. Enough is enough because time is winding down. I want to do right by her. She don't need no teddy bear. What she need is a commitment and she need a covenant and she need a covering. That's what she need. That's what our families need. He doesn't need somebody just to, to cook some meal and lay, uh, and lay down with them. He needs a helpmate. He needs someone that's gonna build him up. He needs someone that got his back. When the time is ugly and, and the world is cruel on the outside, we need somebody we can come to and that's gonna be there and pray with us and coddle us and tell us it's okay. Do the good and the bad. Because it's not always good. Becoming one, leaving your mama and daddy behind and becoming a man and a woman in that household, building up your children. Valentine's Day. You better get the meaning of these things and, and, and get the true meaning of it. Because I've awakened. I used to celebrate them, and now I look back, so I had to be foolish. But I'm awake now. I know my identity. I know who I am. And that prayer is power. It says power. I know that was kind of deep today. Um, our Easter keeping it real. Is anyone who wanted to, to say anything about what I, what I just said or add to it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of quiet. <laughs> uh, okay well that was pretty deep i know but it's something let it marinate in your spirit easter, uh, easter yeah it was deep but it was true because i think if we all be honest with each other if not even now sometime in the past we all have uh especially when you touched on that child support because when Coretta was little, <laughs> I did take him downtown, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make sure, you know, but I mean, it wasn't, you know, in a vicious uh, manner, uh, you know, mindset, anything like that, just making sure because he was one that just wasn't going to provide or do it. He didn't, but anyway. But, you know, we all can look back at some of the things that you brought to our attention. And if it was something that we did in the past or maybe doing now, then like you say, it's time to stop because it's time to just start loving each other and praying for each other, encouraging and strengthening each other so we all can get to our promised lands here on earth. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your, your testimony. And the Bible says, when I was child, I did childish things. I've done some childish things on that sheet. But as you, we all have. you put your childish things away. That's what the Bible say. We're no longer on baby food. We on meat. We, we on the meat of things. 
we are in our, our 40s and 50s and 60s. Most people, other viewers, enough is enough. We've gotten away with so many things. Uh, uh, we should have STDs. We should have been killed. We should have, in our drunken stupor, been in accident. But God is faithful. He's washed over us. He's mm -hmm. kept us. Now we got to get it right. And if you fall off, then repent and keep going. Don't turn the salt. Just keep going forward. Every day, just try to do better. The Holy, the, the, the flesh has been condemned. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And the only way you can be convicted is by knowing the commandments. That, that covenant, that contract agreement. Anybody else want to say anything before we move on to our lesson today? I think we're already in the lesson. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's right, but it's tight, you know, and that's just how, how it is. And so we, we just got to keep it real. And um, Some of the things, you know, the rabbis and the pastor can't say, these are likely issues that we deal with that God is using me to, to, to fill in the gap here because we need to talk about it. We need to face these issues in our community that's bringing us down. And a lot of women have brought men down. A lot of men have brought women down. We've had, we put our men in jail. We, we've done it, us women. Look in the mirror and you think about, oh yeah, I, I took them to child support and they took them to jail. Foolishness. Every time you turn around, they going back to child support office. You're using the kids as pawns. Some of those kids are just check babies. Let's get to the root of it. You don't want them and the daddy don't have time for them. Caught up in the system. Enough is enough. We kind of so, hit on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We kind of hit on that earlier in the week, didn't we? In, in the system, getting caught up in the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You, you, got the, you got Egypt, which is United States against them. You know, they say, hey, we're going to put you on welfare. We're going to give you extra money. But you can't have a man in that household. If you have a man in that household, we're going to cut you off. And then they have the man hiding in the household, can't marry him because they don't want to get the food stamps and the welfare cut off. And then affirmative action is broken down because they can't count them in the numbers and affirmative action is about the jobs. Then we go get the jobs and we knock two men out with us. I've been around the system. I know I used to work down there downtown. So the whole permanent access is broken down where they can't even get a job. They'll give it to us before they give it to us black men to tear down our household so there's no covering. And then we got the nerve to kick them when they down and say they ain't no good. Then they go out there and sell drugs because they are trying to do something. Enough is enough. Hmm. Marry her. Yeah. And if she got to work, then you take care of the kids. Whatever it is to, to do right by them, to keep the families going. Start yeah. you a business on your own. Okay, so um, thank you so much, Rabbi Afshalom. I know I got pretty deep today, uh, but I only give what God gives me. You know, I pray all week and he, he speaks to me. Sometimes he speaks to me early in the week, sometimes at the last minute. But this is what God is using me to talk about these issues. Okay. And so um, we did our parashah last week. Our parashah, if you had uh, looked, was Exodus 21 through 24. Uh, and so what we're doing, we're on the same accord. We're all reading. 
And so we're all studying the same thing. We're all thinking and absorbing the same material. So we talked about Parashah 21, uh, Exodus 21 was about what the laws of the land, because I read it, number 22. And so what, it, oh, I read it before. So what? You got to get a revelation. Read it again and again and again. Every time you read it, you should be getting a new revelation because you should have gone further in your life. So number 22 was about like stealing of money. And what I like about in 22, it says like 22 and 21, it says, shall not vex a stranger nor oppress him because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. How are we going to talk about somebody else, the Mexicans or anybody else, when we a stranger here too? That's basically what they're saying. You're not in your homeland. Israel is our homeland. So how are we going to talk about any other uh, nationality that's here? Because yeah. we're in Egypt. We're, we're, we're outcast. And then it says it again in 23. It says it. I thought that was interesting. And then 24 talks about Moses when he was going up to Mount Sinai. So uh -huh. thank you uh, so much, uh, Rabbi Afshalom, my great Rabbi Afshalom. I'm learning so much. Uh, this is new to me too. I'm, I'm reading a lot. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm crawling, but I'm getting some meat. I'm getting off my baby food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rabbi Absalom, go ahead and take right. it over. All right, well, Shalom. I'm a Rabbi Absalom. <laughs> I, I started the, um, I put together a new YouTube uh, specifically for the teachings that we're going to be going forward with with the Beit Din, with the other rabbis. So tomorrow at six o'clock, we will be on live. I'll also send out, the, we'll send out the email to those that want to get on at 6 p.m. But the YouTube channel that I just started and um, should, I could actually use it now. It's called Rav Absalom Ha Anusim. That's Rav Absalom Ha Anusim. Anusim, the word Anusim is used for people like most of us whose parents and great grandparents and grandparents were, or I should say great and great great grandparents were forced into Christianity and forced into Islam, forced into other religions. They were forced. That's called Anusim or coerced into another religion. Anusim. So what I am, I call myself an Anusim. And that means I return. I don't have to convert because I already am, but my ancestors along the way were forced into a, a different way of life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, that's why when uh, um, uh Sarah was talking about the family and the breakdown of how we treat each other, that that is part of the reason it is a great part of the reason why we treat each other the way we do okay so we're going to deal with that we're going to deal with that right we have to deal with that and 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 not to take anything away from our churches because our churches do deal with that okay they do deal with it yeah. all right i know okay i know many pastors and uh, you know i know and, and i know they do deal with the family and, and marriage and, and, and our relationships, they do. So this is nothing new. Anyone on here that is a Christian, uh, that is a Muslim, that is a Jew, you know this. You've, if you've been in the congregation any for a year, you've heard it at some point in time. But especially 
in our community. I know because I grew up hearing it, you know, in, in the community. Uh, so it's nothing new. We, we'll have to deal with it, all right? And, and we do, I think we are, and we have been dealing with it. And, and it's just the media, and, and oftentimes because we're concentrating in, in, in our areas, we only see uh, certain uh, uh, Im images of ourselves. And of course, the greatest part of that is with through the media and how other people talk about us. So we're in the Torah and we're studying the Torah and we are in the book of Exodus the coming out, the coming out going forward, uh, chapter 21 through 24 uh, in the Exodus. The name of this parashah is Mishpatim, judgments. And, and actually, I think we covered a, a lot of it. Uh, again, uh, I call it Akoti Sarah, I covered a lot of it, but um, let's, let's just go through it a little bit, okay? So we're going, I'm, a, I'm just gonna pick out a few of the verses and kind of deal with them. But when we get down to the 24th chapter, we're gonna to have to really, really buckle down. Now, I pray that, that you all have read this uh, parashah, at least gone over it at least one time, uh, because we may get a, a little bit of a different perspective uh, when you uh, hear it from me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, if I can, let me see here. Uh, I'm going to look at some Mishnah, if possible, right? And, and, and uh, so that you can get our perspective, the Hebraic perspective, okay? Not from the Jewish perspective, from the Hebraic perspective, all right? Um, nothing wrong with the Jewish perspective because it is the same. Basically, it is, actually it is the same. It's just uh, how you want to be called, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, use, I like to use Israelite or Hebrew because of, again, because of the conditioning. And I, and I say this over and over again. I, use, I like to use Israel and Hebrew because of the conditioning that we've had. Our conditioning, whenever you say Jew to me, the first thing that comes to my mind is a white male from Eastern Europe. That's the picture that comes to me with a black hat, you know, and the whole nine yards. That's what I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if you see it, but that's what I see. But in reality, when you say Israel to me, then I see people of color. Right. Then if you say Hebrew, then I say, okay, dark skin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can understand that. And, and again, when I read the scripture, it'll say Israel. But when I hear the interpretation from the Jews, they say the Jews. They say the Jew when actually the scripture says Israel. Mm -hmm. or, or the ancient world would say the Brit or Israel or Beta Israel or Bene Israel. Whereas the Jew or European Jew will say Jew. They're Jew. So to to put your attention on, the Jews are the chosen people. You ever heard that? Yeah. Jews are the chosen people? Mm-hmm. Well, that's an error. Israel is my firstborn son. Israelites are the, are the chosen people. Again, Purim this month will reveal to you what it means when you say Jew. So you should have a picture in your mind Okay, these are people that attach themselves to the chosen people, Israel. Nothing wrong with that, but I want you to have the true, I want you to have a better understanding 
not necessarily true, but a better understanding of what it means to say Jew or Israelite and why we say that we are the Israelites. We are the true Israelite because that's the firstborn son is mm -hmm. Israel. Okay. And so, and that is the people that the world is supposed to say, we love the Israelite. It's what they should be saying. We love the Israelite, but they can't say that because when they say that, you say the purple of, of people of color. When we've been conditioned to say, we love the Jews. You see, so you equate Jews with Israel, okay? So we have to be, we're learning, right? Um, again, nothing wrong with, and tomorrow we're gonna to talk to the, the rabbis and they like to be called Jews, most of them, not all of them. But they like to be called Jews, they call themselves Jews, yeah. right? West African Jews of the diaspora, right? Okay, so, you know, it just it's just, you know, your mindset where you are. And because it wasn't, it's not new to me because I knew about it in, in, in my youth, then, you know, it's, it's different for me, right? Different from my family, different from those in my family that took and went back to Torah, all right? So, so, so enough of that. So anyway, tomorrow, 6 p.m., uh, I will, we will send out, uh, Sister Akote uh, Sarah will send out email, I'll send her the email and then she'll send out the invite and, and you come on at six, if you can, if not, don't worry about it because I'm going to, uh, again, I'm going to have it. Once we do it live, I'm still going to do it again. It's going to be on on uh, YouTube and I might upload it to Facebook. I'm thinking about uploading it to Facebook and I might in the future do Facebook live along with YouTube live. Just depends on how it works out. Okay, but that's with the rabbis and, and uh, as many of them that can get on, they will be on. If not, I'll be there, but I do know at least a couple of them are gonna be there because they've already responded, okay? So I'll invite everyone that I have on the list and then I'll um, put the link on Facebook too for the YouTube, yeah. for them to look it up on YouTube. Right, that's the way to do it, right. And so, okay. and remember now, this is not for the rabbi's sake, it is for what our sake, so that we can ask questions, right? You can ask your questions. You can get some things. Now we're going to deal with tomorrow. It's going to be Shabbat because a part of this, of this parashah, again, I said the last part of it. Well, in chapter uh, 23, we're going to talk about the Shabbat. It's so important because it's so important. All right. So tomorrow we're going to actually talk about, we're going to talk about Shabbat again tomorrow with the rabbis from a, um, a legal or a more deeper perspective prayerfully, okay? And they'll get into some other things. I should say, we will get into some other things. Um, and prayerfully, you'll, you'll get a lot of understanding out of it, of, of why it's important and why we, we, you know, we stress it so much, okay? And if you're studying these, if you're following the parish on a weekly basis, you will begin to see the importance of everything that is in the Torah, especially, when you're studying the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, because all the teachings that are in the New Testament or the Brit Hadashah come from where we're studying now in the Torah. That's the foundation of all of that. Okay. So let's let's begin first of all with uh, chapter 21, just a little bit, and 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 I want to. Can I can I? Is it okay if I share the screen? You have it. Yes. Yes, I have it. Okay. Have it. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to share a screen with you. And um, oh, 
okay, you should be, in, as soon as it comes up, you should be looking at Exodus chapter 21. All right. And I'm going to, uh-oh. All right. It starts off talking about slavery, the Hebrew slave. All right. We're all familiar with that, right? The slaves, Hebrew slaves. I, 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 bet, I bet your parents even called you a Hebrew. <laughs> you know, work. Have you ever heard the term work like a Hebrew slave? Mm -hmm. You ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, working like a Hebrew slave. I'm moving this thing around here. I'm having a problem with this. It's kind of blocking off my. Okay. All right. So, so here, here, here we are. In the first beginning, right? And I, and I hit this a little bit, but I wanted to get a little bit more into it because I'm going to. Uh, it reminds me of of what we were talking about earlier about. Uh, taking care of your children, okay, uh, and so you know there's a there's a portion in in here. It talks about when the female, evid, in the word it's evid, okay, uh, which is servant, a Hebrew servant, okay, and this and the actually I got my finger right up under it, it says evid, that's that's what it's taught, and then the translator says slave, but it's actually evid means servant, okay. okay? And so um, he says, when you acquire a Hebrew servant and not slave, right? He shall serve six years. And in, this, in the seventh year, he shall go free, free without payment. Um, what's happened, and I explained this a little bit on, on Tuesday, is debtor's prisons. Think about debtor's prisons. Think about someone that has broken the law or someone that has done something and wasn't able to, to pay restitution so they go into slavery or go into servitude for and and the length of years was six years okay and and by the way this is not criminal law this is this goes under the category of civil law right okay, okay. so this is a civil dispute something has happened in a civil dispute right so but but here in mishnah can you see kiddushim 14 uh, 4B2, this is out of the Mishnah. This is out of our uh, code, our, our, our code. They call it Jewish code, but it's not a Hebrew code, all right? Uh, it says a Hebrew slave, or uh, again, I don't like to use the word slave. I like to use slave. Uh, you know, when you think about slave, we call ourselves slaves in this country. We were not slaves. Our parents were not enslaved. They were enchatteled. They were beasts. Remember behemoth? They were beasts, a burden, lower than animals. Right, so they were not slaves. Our ancestors were not slaves, they were chattel. Okay, if they were slaves, they would have been evid. That means they would have had been able to work themselves free, like the white folks were. The poor white people now they were evid, they were evid, right? They called them sharecroppers or whatever they wanted to call them, but they were able to work their way out and they didn't cheat them. But with us, it was different. Ours was supposed to be in this country perpetual chattel it was never supposed to end right but the most i had 400 years was the was the the time limit the lord put on there and that 400 years was for 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 the years that we did not our ancestors did not allow the land to rest okay so it says a hebrew slave can be acquired by his master through money or through a document and he can acquire himself uh he is emancipated oh we've heard the emancipation proclamation right 
through years, again, when he completes his six years of labor or through the advent of Jubilee. Now, I know you've been in, some, in the churches where we say Jubilee, set free. Mm-hmm. That is That will remind you of, of, of one of the reasons why we have Shabbat. Shabbat is the marking point for the year of the Shemitah year and the year of Jubilee. It's based upon the Shabbat, the seventh day, which is so important. And, and also, again, as I said on Tuesday, that's why we look at the what? The new moon, because that helps us to keep up with the days in order to keep up with the Sabbath and the Moedim or the appointed times. See, so when we're talking about whenever you're dealing with Hebrew law, it's going to be based upon the system that was the, that was the, that was created by our father which is based upon the seventh. Six days he created the earth, but on the seventh day he, he rested from all he created and made. But in that created and made, he told Noah, not Noah, but uh, uh, what was it, Adam to name the animals. And why did he tell Noah, uh, Adam to do that? He said it because Adam would have a part in the what? Working of the world, the world system, the repair of the world, or you know, uh, as in the completion of the world. So we have a part in it. And what do we call that? See, see we have a, a tukun olam, okay? Completing or repairing of the world. We have a part in it and they call it tukun olam. And so all this is dealing with what we, when we're, whenever you're studying the Torah, terms, some certain terms should come up when you see certain things in written in the Torah, okay? Because this is a system of, of government that was created in the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world. So when you're looking at this Jewish law, as we say, or Hebrew law, Hebraic law, I might use that interchangeably, Jewish and Hebrew, uh, because I've been conditioned my, myself as well. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I acknowledge that. So through the teachings, a lot of, many of the things, like I said, the advent of the Jubilee should ring a bell in your mind. How many Jubilees has the world been in creation? Okay, we have a book called the Book of Jubilees, which counts the times and teaches us how to keep the seasons. He says, he says, through the year of Jubilee or through the deduction of money. In other words, he's paying off his debt. All right. Okay, he says the slave or the evit can redeem himself during the six years by paying for his remaining years of slavery. You know, there were many chattel that were able to buy themselves freedom. Many of our our ancestors bought their freedom here in this country from being chattel. Now, just because they bought their freedom, it didn't mean that they were free, mm-hmm. all right? Because they had to carry this paper and they had to present this paper and they couldn't look a white man in the eye. They, there were certain things, they were, their freedom was limited. It wasn't freedom, okay? So when people said they were buying their freedom, they didn't buy their freedom. It just means that they had to go out on their own and they could hire themselves out as, as an evit, or if you can be in some of the places that, that we're able to have our own communities of people that had bought their freedom, we started building our own stores, having our own businesses, but that was always short-lived because the white people get jealous because we were prospering and they would come and destroy it. So we were always, it was meant for us to be in perpetual slavery in this country and in the world, but in Hebraic law, slavery or servitude was never meant to be perpetual. 
it was for a duration of time and for some reason you're falling into uh, dire straits and it was up to a hebrew brother a relative to take you on and to take care of you and make sure you were taken care of now in that servitude you were treated just like your brother if he had meat you had meat if he had a uh, if he had a leather jacket you had a leather jacket if he had uh, oxford shoes you had oxford shoes he would not deprive you of your your right or your living uh, standard would not be diminished even though you are an evid or servant okay so you have to think about that if you're in this country now what does that mean for us today i'm going to try to move this along pretty quick mm -hmm. i wanted i wanted to get on this because what does it mean for us today when you have your business and and and, and your brother comes to you and applies for a position and you hire him for the position we have to treat each other in a certain manner with dignity and respect. And if you work in a corporate America and you get elevated to a, to a management position, our duty is to treat everyone with dignity and respect. Okay. That's what it means for us today. If you have a business, you don't talk. I've been in rooms and I've been in uh, uh, meetings uh, with real, real estate, right? People that invest in real estate, and they have renters, and the way they say the renter, they talk badly about the renters. That's not Hebrew. That's not our way. See, that's not our way. We don't think about people that way, us and them, I'm above them. When you start talking down on people like that, you're saying you're better than they are. When everything belongs to the Father, you see, everything is His. We only borrow it for a time. So this Hebrew slavery teaching. It's teaching more than about servitude. It's teaching us how more is more toward the master and how he is to treat such a one that has fallen into dire straits. Let me go on down. It says a Hebrew maid servant. This is the woman, all right, has one mode of en emancipation more than him, more than the male, as she acquires as she acquires herself through signs of indicating puberty. So if she goes in and and, and we have to get deeper into this. And I don't have the time to get deeper into this because uh, uh, I have to go into um, some things that that again it's a it's a lesson within itself about how to treat a woman. But in it, to keep this short, it says that a woman if, if the child goes in and she's under the age of puberty and she's there and she's been there for two years, but she's supposed to be there. her father got in trouble, so he he. Uh, told the man that he would let him have her his daughter. And what that means was his daughter was supposed to marry one of his children, one of his sons. That's what that means. This is what's going on in this when it talks about the, the maidservant. Now, if it's a, a Gentile, it's a different story. Okay, it's a little, a little, not much different, but it is a different story. But for the Hebrew maidservant, she goes there. Uh, she's like a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, they uh arranged marriage is what it is in effect it's arranged marriage now in the marriage in hebrew it hebraics you can get married by sex by writ and and by you know um by betrothal okay so in this indication it's 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 by a, it's uh purchase it would be like purchase and make an agreement that she's going to marry one of the sons now it's it when she gets to age of puberty she can leave because she can decide now i don't i don't want to be here and i don't want to marry his son so she leaves 
And I said, if she leaves, what happens when she leaves, she is not to be mistreated. And she goes back to her father's home, okay? Um, also, it's like, you, you read the story about the sons that Onan spilled his seed. And remember his father was going down the road and he saw this young lady and he thought she was a harlot. So he decided, hmm, let me go and get me, let me buy a piece of this. So he goes and he's going to have sex with her. So he's going to pay her for it. And she said, well, you, and she talks to him and she, she gets him to give her his signet ring, give some articles right from him, proving that he, uh, you know, he was supposed to pay her. So she goes later on to the, to the men of the court and, and somebody said that she was a harlot and that she had uh, been in the gate hot, but she says, the man who gave me this is the man, you know, who I had sex with and come to find out it was, he was supposed to have married her to his son. One of his sons or one of his males in his family, but he didn't do it. He neglected to fulfill his duty, which is what we call liberate marriage. So two things come out of that teaching along, but um, I hope I'm not going too far with it because I, again, there's so much in our teachings that we don't know if we haven't been taught. So what happens is in the end, he says she's more righteous than me. They had accused her of being a whore. I, I, even with my examples today, I said that the curse words for those is not harlot anymore. It's very harsh, that H word and that B word. Yeah. And so right. it has to stop. Yeah, yeah. And so it all, in that story, it tells you that prostitution was not really a crime in, in that time. Because we had a righteous man. We had a Hebrew going into this woman. And it was okay because it was a profession, all right? But the thing of it is, was that she was never at marriage. She was almost like, she was in the same position as the maid servant, is what I'm saying. She was like the maid servant. She was supposed to have a child, right? Never at marriage is if, if my brother passed away without having a child, I'm supposed to marry his, his, his wife and give her children, okay? Prayerfully sons, so they can carry on the name. That's never at marriage in our custom, okay? We don't do that today because we're not in the land, right? And we don't even know who we are. So we don't even know about leverage marriage and, and things that we're supposed to do to perpetuate our, our name, okay? So there are a lot of things that we, I bring out a lot of terms and things so that, you know, because we're gonna get into them at some point in time. So you've heard it before, right? And you can come here again, this one tells you that, again, this introduces you to leverage marriage in a way to let you know that even the young women, and when they go out, right, if a son does marry her or he's displeased with her, he sends her out. He's not supposed to diminish her lifestyle, all right? He's supposed to take care of her. If she got pregnant in that time when she was there and he was, again, displeased with her or he treated her wrong, he is bound by law to, to make sure she's taken care of, all right? Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop that right there and move forward because of, for the sake of time. Because again, this is why when the Israelites would come together uh, and they begin to read the Torah, they would be there from morning to evening because you can be going morning to evening just going into the teachings of Torah. It's so deep, right? There are so many, and these are the laws that we're supposed to abide by as Israelites. 
In other words, when we have our businesses, dignity and respect, right? All right. If somebody borrows money from us, there's a time we can, you know, we set up on a time period, not more than seven years so they can get out of debt. We don't prolong that debt. If they want to prolong it, it's up, up to them. But we, as the ones who are the, the lenders, we're not supposed to, again, usury. And that's a part of usury, all right? All of these things come out of these teachings. They're the deeper teachings underneath these teachings, all right? Yeah. And they are explained in time in the Torah. And, you know, we, we, we study these. This is a part of our covenant, okay? And we're gonna to get to that in chapter 24. All right, so now let me go on a little bit further. Um, 22, I'm gonna to go to chapter 22 now because again, for the sake of time, I'm going pretty fast, all right? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, let, me, let, me, let me go back. Let me go back up again. I'm, I'm sorry, let me, let me go back. Cause that, that was not right. Um, let me go to, I, I was just talking about that. So I need to do, I need to do this. Okay. Um, chapter, I mean, verse seven in chapter 21. Let me do this. I'm, I'm gonna do this pretty quick. Okay. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she should not be freed as the male slaves are. Okay. If she proves to be displeasing to her master who designated uh, her for himself, he must let her be redeemed. He should not have the right to sell her to outsiders since he had broken faith with her. Again, this was an arranged marriage, all right? For some reason, again, that's what I was explaining. I should have come down and read this so you can see it. So when you go back and, and review this again, you can see this, all right? That this is what this is, a, an arranged marriage where the man was displeased with her. He decided maybe, you know, something happened. He didn't, he just decided, well, I don't like her. It's like if you had a, a child by somebody out of wedlock or you were married and you got a divorce, as the sister was saying earlier, uh, uh, said earlier, she took him to the court. This is it, all right? So you operate it within your rights and you should not feel guilty for that because it is your covenant right. See, a lot of things that the, the society tells us, a lot of those things are right. The laws that are on the books are from here. So when you fight against those, you're fighting against the very laws that are yours. That is your right. That man is supposed to take care of you and your children. You see? So don't feel guilty for that. The man who does that deserves that. Let's not feel guilty for that. So that is a world thing. That is outside of Israel where that other thing comes from. So don't feel bad about it. Right. I didn't say anything earlier because I wanted you to see it in the scripture. And not from Rabbi Haywood. All right. So our our laws. Right. Come from the father. Remember, he said, when the, remember, it says, why did Moses write a letter of divorce? But Yeshua said in the beginning it was not so, but for the hardness of your heart, did he allow it? You see? Well, that, well, that comes men, right back men, men, back. men are supposed to take care of their children. I'm taught when I was referring to it, it's more like out of spite. Every time you get mad or you see him with a woman, you hauling him yeah. back down to the child support office. 
trying to get him arrested and, and doing it out of spite. Yeah. We, we could deal with that too in the scripture. Because <laughs> you ain't supposed to do, yeah, no, no. Because there are things, again, because we grew up in the United States of America, we grew up in Rome, our mindset is European. We're going to break that. Mm -hmm. All right. If, if you want, if you see a man, if, if a woman get, you need to go back to, we need to go back to this. What we do is, that's why I say this shall be frontless before your eyes and bound in your hand as a sign. So when, when that, when, when our sisters see things and it starts happening, they should go back to the Torah and see what it says. Not Mishnah, go to the Torah and see what it says. If you don't understand what the Torah says, that's when you have to go to to uh, to Rabbi or to the Mishnah and the Mishnah Torah to get an explanation of it before you go and take him to court. You want to make sure it's that you are operating in your right. Now, if you see him with another woman, he shouldn't be with another woman. Not in not in in uh, not in uh, alone. You know. Not more than one time, but but see those are things that I, I'm not going to get into today. But good. there are some things that you know when we counsel women, men, and women counsel. We should not have the door closed, whether it's in corporate America or at, in the in the church, right? There are certain things because it opens the door for problems. If I if and, and we should not separate, but we should not come between. We should not come between a man and his wife, right? Even in programs in the congregation. So if a man is on one uh, program and the wife is on another program with another man or another man, well, that should not be. So one of us has to say, no, we're not going to, you're not going to separate my family. We're working together as a team. If I'm on, on finance committee, she's on a finance committee. She's not going to be on a, I'm going to be on a finance committee and she's going to be on this other committee with other men. No, that's not going to happen. You see, so we have to be aware of that. And that's, you know, and, and Torah deals with that. Torah deals with that and, and we will deal with that okay so it says if he marries another he must not withhold from her and that's what we get into what they call that uh, I, I, where the man has to pay the woman what a uh, spousal what support spousal support yeah you know <laughs> if he marries another he must not withhold from this one her food her clothing or her conjugal rights you know so you know, this is a, again, Hebrew, Hebrew law is different if she's not married to someone else. She's still his wife. Because again, according to the law of the father, there is no divorce. So she's always his wife unless he dies. You see? So we, again, we're in a desert world. We're not in Israel. A lot of these, uh, a lot of things don't apply outside of Israel. And so this applies uh, in Israel. But you, you're not supposed to have more than one wife outside of Israel. All right. Understand that we're not supposed to have more than one wife outside of Israel, outside of the land of Israel. In the land of Israel, we have to deal with that in the land of Israel. We're not there. We're here. Okay. If he fails her in these three ways, she shall go free without payment. Okay. So in other words, she don't owe him anything. She leaves, right? She, she can go and she go back to her father's house, as I said earlier. Okay. And so we get into... Uh, now the next one they start getting into to criminal or uh, you know criminal law. We're, we're going to go past that. I'm going to go on down to to 19 and 22. Uh, not to say that they, not to diminish these in any way because they're very important. But I want to move on for the sake of time. Right? It, we already know. You know, if you strike your mother, your father, we're going. You, that ain't going to happen, right? 
<laughs> you know, yep, I you grew can, up. You can ask Marvin Gaye about that one. That's right. You you ain't gonna get away with it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, uh, things are changing. Uh, mindsets are changing. They got these laws where the parents can't beat the beat the children, can't whip the children, all this kind of stuff. They they're messing us up, right? So we have to deal with again our community. With that, now again, let me go back again on taking the court. You don't take them to, we should have to take our people to civil court outside of our, not to the Gentile courts, but we take it to the bait den inside our own community. We take it to the bait den and we deal with it in ourselves, right? Keep you out of the world's court system. That's the whole purpose of it, that we have to deal, we have to learn how to deal with it ourselves. It's, it's, uh, and so we, we're getting there. We, we do have a bait den, we have bait dens in different places and we're developing bait dens and others. So. Again, that's our own court system. Bait meaning house and dean meaning judgment, right? And, and so that's what we're building, okay? So you don't insult your father. That, these are 10, this comes out of the 10 commandments, by the way. You know, honoring your father and your mother. Remember I said the, the cover sheet and then you break it down. Well, this is kind of breaking down a little bit, right? So I'm gonna go on down here, like I said, to chapter 22 and, and go to verse, um, 19 um move so in verse 19 verse 18 look at this and this you're going to see mark my words you're going to start to see this whoever lies with beasts shall be put to death what i'm saying is you're going to start seeing people in bestiality when i was a police officer Akota and Sarah, did y'all go through class to talk about bestiality and all that stuff when you were in law enforcement? We talked about bestiality. No, not that I, I recall, no. Yeah, well, in, in Indiana, we, we, we dealt with bestiality. And, and, and so, um, you know, that's people having sex with beasts. And if you go to Boys Town back then in the day, they would, that's what people would go to Boys Town for. I never went, but I heard about it, right? Bestiality, okay? And I've heard about other, uh, you know, so he shall be put to death. That the, 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 whoever lies with the beast shall be put to death. That's the death penalty. Again, that's in the land of Israel, right? In the land. And so that's these people, are that's people sleeping with animals, just for clarity, correct? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Sleeping, having sex, having sex with animals, mm -hmm. bestiality. Okay. Okay. And then, so, you know, Whoever sacrifices to a God other than the Lord alone shall be prescribed. You got, that means, you know, punishment, right? You shall not wrong the stranger or oppress him for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And you hit this a little bit uh, earlier about the strangers, right? How we to treat strangers. Right. It, said, um, it says it in um, 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, and you shall not ill treat any or widow or orphan. Okay, so all these things again, these are breaking down the Ten Commandments, right? Okay, uh, do not mistreat, or uh, uh, it says, uh, you shall not ill treat any widow or orphan. If you do mistreat them, I will heed their outcry as soon as they cry out to me. And my anger shall blaze forth, and I will put you to the sword, and your own wives shall become widows, and your children orphans. This is what we're seeing in Chicago in the big cities. 
right? All right. People are mistreating. Our own people are mistreating widows and orphans, right? And because of that, we're seeing, if you start seeing this in your community, you know what's going on. When you start seeing, you, you see it says, my anger shall blaze forth you, I will put you to the sword. When you see that, start looking for the signs of the widows and orphans. In other words, the, the small children and, the, and the, the parentless children, they're being mistreated in your community. When you start to see the sword, right? And your wives becoming widows. In other words, men being killed. Are our men being killed? There's something going on in our community that is causing that. And we need to start looking for it and correcting that. That's why we are part of the Takun Olam. We're correcting or fixing the world. That's what, when we say Takun Olam, when we're reading the Torah and we see things in our community happening, we fix it. It's up to us to fix it. That, that's why we call it the, re, the repairing of or the completing of the world. That is our job. When we see these things happening, when the Lord says something like this, he's telling you, he's telling you what to look for in your, why these, uh, 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 what was that? What was that? Abimelech, was it Abimelech that said that when the Lord stopped up the wives so they couldn't have babies and, and, he, and he did it because of what he did to, to the servant of the Lord, the, the prophet of the Lord, he stopped them from having children because he had the man's wife in his house, in his harem. Not that he had sex with her, but he had her there. So when her time came, he would. So the Lord stopped their womb. And the man knew, he said, you know, you got me in trouble. You should have told me that was your, your sister, your wife and not your sister. You'd see. And the Lord said, I didn't do it because of the integrity of your heart. You didn't know it, right? So when we start seeing certain things in our homes and in our community, we need to make corrections to stop them from happening. Okay, I talked about the lend. Uh, lend uh, let me see. This is uh, twenty. I'm gonna go on down. I'm moving pretty fast. Twenty-three and ten, the Shemitah year. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Wait a minute. Let me stop at twenty-three and one. Important. You must not carry false rumors. You shall not join hands with a guilty to act as a malicious witness. Lashon Ra, Lashon Hara, Tailbearer. You shall not. Deal. You should not bear false witness against your neighbor straight out of the tent, right? You can, you can see it. False rumors. That's lying on somebody. Mm -hmm. All right. Be careful about that because in that, that's where you get leprosy and stuff from. Sickness and disease come from that, actually. Okay. Um, you should not uh, side with the mighty to do wrong. You know, that's in judgment. Let your scales be balanced, where that comes from, balanced scales, you know. Okay, so I'm going to go on down. What I found interesting in 23 is about those hornets, that he sent the hornets to drive the, them out of the land. And if you've seen the news lately, it talks about some hornets that came here. I'm like, oh, my God. And so it talks about those hornets until all the people are populated that are strong enough to drive them out. That's right, yeah. And 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 that yeah we're actually we're seeing some things that <laughs> yeah that's biblical yeah, it, it's coming yeah. back again they talked about coming, those hornets yeah. that came over that was coming out of I think they said Africa yeah yeah <laughs> okay now okay uh, of course yeah I mean straight out of Torah 
right? That stuff is straight out of Torah, okay? You should not subvert the rights of your needy in their disputes, all right? So these are, this is, I wanted to get to, I said uh, 23 and 10. Let right, me go down to 10, okay? Mm -hmm. Six years shall you sow your land and gather in your, your, your year, its yield, six years. This is why the Israelite, one of the reasons why Israel was kicked out of the land the second time, second temple, one of the reasons, all right? Six years. Again, remember the seven, six years, and then six years, a year of rest, the Shemitah year, that's what this is dealing with. The seventh year is the year of Shemitah. Again, I remember the Sabbaths, it's all based upon the seventh, sevens of sevens of seven, Sabbaths. It's important. That's why we, that's one of the reasons why we keep the Sabbath. It keeps us up with the Shemitah year, keeps us up with the year of Jubilee. Okay. Keeps us up with the more, the appointed times. Okay. But it says, but in the seventh year, in the 11th verse, you shall let it rest and life follow. So if you are a farmer, this is what made us so good. This is what made our ancestors so good in this country as chattel. We knew how to farm. Mm -hmm. See, we took care of these folks. We taught them about crop rotation. We taught them how to live. They didn't know how. That's why they didn't want us to be free because we know, and now they have, we taught them and now they've got it down to us. They taught, they sent them away to school to learn. And we, after we taught them, now they have these commercial farmers and they want to keep us out of it. But if it had not been for us, they would have starved us and the Native Americans, right? Okay. The original people who knew how to do it, right? And of course, and we already that, had. That's what we were talking about our lesson with the Thanksgiving, how the Native Americans saved them and taught right. them how to farm. Yeah. And we dealt with the Native Americans before they got here. So we, we were already in partnership with them and we're here with them, right? Six days you do. Now, here, now this is what we're dealing with the Shabbat. Impo again, so important for us to understand why one of the reasons why we keep the Shabbat. Six days shall you do your work. Again, this is in the beginning from the creation. But on the seventh day, you shall cease from, your, from labor. In other words, whatever your job is, you have to stop doing in order that your ox or your, or your ass may rest and that your bondman and the stranger may be refreshed. So if you own a business, right? You must give your, your employees the opportunity, the option to be off on the Shabbat. Not on Sunday, but on the Shabbat, on the Sabbath day, okay? That does not, that does not say on Sunday. The Sunday is the first day of the week. It is included in the work week, okay? The, the six days, but on the Shabbat, the seventh day, is the Lord's day and it is, is covenant day. So your workers are supposed to be given the option of being off on that day. If they choose to work, then they can work. Now we do understand there are certain occupation, occupations that have to work on the Shabbat, but we rotate those days. I've had to work on the Shabbat. Many of us have to work on the Shabbat but it is normally on a rotational basis, right? But when we are the, and it, which is one of the reasons why, as we said earlier, it's better for us to own our own business, to have more control over uh, our days so that we can be off during the appointed times, okay? It was this, the system, our system, 
The kingdom of God is designed for us. Understand this. When Yeshua is talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about this system. Our father designed for us. The Sabbath was made for us. Okay. His firstborn. But we have abused that because we were not taught that. We are the Anusim. We were forced out of our Shabbat. We are the Anusim. It was forced upon us to break the Shabbat. But now we have a choice, okay? We can choose to want that Shabbat off. We teach our children and our children's children to have their own profession and their own businesses so they can have control over much more control over the Shabbat, keeping the Shabbat. This is and, and contract. I believe, I believe some businesses will let you, if you prove that uh, that's your religion, they have to, by law, let you off on that day. Yeah. That most of them will, if you let them know up front. Or while you're working there and you come to the point where you want to start keeping the Shabbat, you let them know, look, I, I, need to, I, want to, I would like to start keeping the Shabbat. Many of them will allow it. Or they make, you know, they'll say, see, well, I'm coming on, on the first day of the week instead of on the seventh day of the week. And a lot of times they'll do it, right? Mm -hmm. And then if it's out of your control, a lot of times the Lord will make it happen for you. Amen. He'll put you in a position where you can do it anyway. So, but it's it's your heart. It's it's frontless before your eyes. The word is before your eyes. And and, and what you do is based upon what's written in the Torah. And then you begin to see the, the power of the kingdom of God operating in your life see this is the this is how you operate in the kingdom of god or the kingdom of heaven all right operating uh in obedience to the the, the the commands of god allows you to operate in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of god using them interchangeably kingdom of heaven and kingdom of god this is how you operate in it all right there's no other way Yeshua is talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about obeying the commandments. If you love him, keep the commandments. This is so that you can be operate, so you can operate in the kingdom of God and it can operate in you. These are spiritual things. Okay. And then if you, affect, can't, you can't get off on that Saturday, like my husband can't, what you can do is yeah. once they get home, you can still go ahead that Friday night and um, have your communion and um, keep right. the Sabbath day holy. It doesn't right. have to be at that time, as long as you honor it. Right. And so, yeah. And so, again, we're not in Israel, right? Mm -hmm. We're in Egypt, right? And our forefathers went through the same thing when they were in Egypt. Same thing we're dealing with now, they had to deal with. Because when we're in Israel, because we've gone there, everybody don't have to work on the day. They honor it. The whole, the whole land honors it. So you don't have to worry about that. Everything shut down except the secular businesses. Right, and those that are Muslims will, will work for you, you know, and other people will work for you, but the Israelites, for the most part, they're gonna shut down. Right. They're gonna be shut down, yeah. And they're they're, not, all, there's they're no all under one accord there. Right, yeah, and they'll walk to the, to the synagogue, you know, or stay at home, but they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna be out in a business city. So, but again, we're in the diaspora, but we do what we can, right? As much yeah. as we can, but the thing is, Take and again, this is covenant. Okay. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to move a little faster. I, I, I hit that Shabbat, right? Okay. Let me go. I know I got to go down. I got to go right here. Okay. I got to stay right here. I got to stay right here. Because in verse 13, it says, Be on guard concerning all that I've told you. All right. 
make no mention of the name of other gods. All right? Make no mention of the names of other gods. They shall not be heard on your lips because once you put it out there, it's out there. Let me, let me put it this way. That man that was president last year is gone. His name should not be on your lips anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Put it that, let's, let, let's, let's put it like that, right? Because evil, you don't want to promote evil. Mm -hmm. And that woman, they're pro 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 promoting him. Her name should be spoken no more. Let it be stricken from every tablet and every obligus, like they say in the movies. Let it be stricken. Let it be heard no more. Right? Place it. Think of it just like this. Don't even mention them. And so when they start talking to these other gods, and I put it, I'm going to do it like this. When, I, when I'm with the, the people that are Jews that don't believe Yeshua is Mashiach, they won't even say Jesus Christ. Because people say, Jesus is my God and I love Jesus. So they made him a God. It's idolatry. When Yeshua himself says, my father, and I go to the right hand of my father, right? He elevates the father. So for the Jew, you don't even say, you say JC. You see what I mean? They won't even say his name. They'll say JC. And you'll get a, and, and you might get a chance. I might try to provoke them to, to, to say it for you to borrow if I can't. Sometime long. And they won't, they'll say JC. They won't say the name. They won't say that, JC. They say messianics are fine. Messianics are fine. But Christians know messianics are fine because messianics understand. That's what, you know, and that's the, and that's it. And that's what they, and they stand on it, strong on it. Messianics, no problem because you keep the Sabbath, you keep the feast. You know that they're, 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 the father's the one, and that's fine, right? But I say, you know, we all start from somewhere, right? Right, and that's why we're here to, to bridge the gap. Um, right, and, and, and I was speaking in tongues. I got speaking in tongues. I said, my, my, and it says, now thank Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So what does that mean? That means my heart was right, and I was receptive. That's what it means. So it's all in the what, what your thought processes. Now, see these gentlemen that are, that are, they were brought up in a different thought process, right? So we pray for them and we keep going forward. But for the sake of you, we keep because there's so much knowledge, right, amongst us to share. So I just wanted you to understand that, right? So and this is where they get it from, to let you know where they get it from. They'll say JC because they said don't mention another God because we say that Jesus is God. But actually, when you get into the scripture. And 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 the rabbinic teachings, they're gonna say, yes, he is God. You know that? See, he says that Yeshua is God. Right? That's what it says. And and in the teachings, you'll see that in the teachings. All right, we'll get to that because it's very powerful when you start to see that. All right, because he is the son of God, he is the very image of the express image of the Father. And he, and he says, he told Moses, he said, you'll be like God to them. You'll be God to them. And he said, he'll raise up a, a, a prophet just like Moses. So he comes up as God. 
you see, manifest in the flesh. So we have to look at it and we have to understand what's going on, right? But again, you're going to get a lot of teaching and you're going to get a lot of understanding. And just, to, Holy... just to add clarity for our viewers, we believe in the uh, Lord Jesus Christ, but we call him Yahshua. That's his original yeah. name. That's his birth name. Just to right. add clarity, yes. We believe and in, in Yeshua. Yes. In the and, then, and to get in any deeper than that, Yah is in his name. Yah, mm -hmm. Yeshua, right? God is our salvation. That's what his name means. So that's why we say that, because that's the original name, right? So yeah, and, and, and there's no, again, I don't believe in the foolishness and the separation. I don't, I don't, I don't right. go for the foolishness and the separation. Right. Our, our, our main purpose is for us to learn our history, know where we're from right. and our identity. Right. And, right. and, so, and move as a nation forward. Right. And so I give I want to give you understanding of why people think the way they think and why they right. do what they do. But yeah. remember, we're not here to divide, you know, the body. There's only one. Okay. There's only one. Right. And so we believe that. Okay. So it says three times a year you should hold a festival to me. And so this is important for us because we've been robbed of this. Right. We are, I'm an Israelite. I'm a Hebrew. I don't know that I'm supposed to, to keep three times a year a festival to Yah. See, this is not Jewish festival that we've been told they were Jewish holidays. No, it says you should have a festival to me three times a year, meaning that's Yeshua or Yah speaking to the children of Israel. All right. Yah, our father, Avino. Our father, which I didn't hear, he is speaking. Okay. He is speaking. Um, are there any questions? Okay. You shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Eat unleavened bread for, uh, for seven days. That's coming up. Pesach. During the time of Pesach, this is coming up. I'm just going to go over this quickly because we need to get to the contract. Okay. You shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Eating unleavened bread for seven days. As I've commanded you, we, we hit on this a little bit. We're going to get it again before we go into Passover. Okay, we'll break it down. And actually, we'll have the rabbinic court to talk about it. Okay, at, at the set time in the month. Again, that's why we keep the Sabbath and the feast days, because they all lead up to, and the new moon. We keep it with the new moon, because this is important when you're talking about the month of Abib. Okay, the, the month of coming out of the world system. For in it, you walk forth out of Egypt and none shall appear before me empty-handed. Okay, we come in with our offerings, right? And the reason for the offerings is so that we can give to the widows of the poor and we can share it as a family. It's a potluck dinner, right? It's like a potluck dinner. Those three feasts are like a big potluck dinner. We all come in, we're having lamb and we're eating and, and we're having our, you know, cognac. Y'all hear me? We have cognac too. <laughs> 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 and brothers out there with that finger up like this, you can have your cognac too. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, because it says strong drink and whatever your heart loves, uh, you know, uh, uh, loves for have a, of a desire for. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that strong drink, right? So don't get caught up in that stuff, right? Don't, don't, don't I know y'all be sipping there once in a while. Don't, you can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, for I, the I, I, I do, but no comment. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Those that are strong, you know, remember those that are weak. <laughs> and don't be out there driving and, and stuff like that. Just don't drink to get drunk. Yeah. yeah. But I, I uh, but uh there is a holiday, there is a feast day in the fall where the Jews get laid out drunk. They they've been keep they've been holding out on y'all Christians. 
They've been whole hour, y'all. Oh, they begin laid out. Oh yeah, drunk. And you got to yeah. Oh yeah, they get they get they get their drink on. <laughs> See, y'all don't know. Y'all just don't know what y'all be missing. These are these people be partying, and y'all be trying to walk the line, and they just be as free as they can be. <laughs> and so you know, we're gonna set you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right, all right. <laughs> it says, and the feast of harvest, and of the first fruit of your work. Uh, what uh, what you sow in the field, you know, that's what, and of course we're not in the land, but still we observe the time, right? And we set aside in the feast of ingathering. And that's during Sukkot, that's during that time when I was telling you they get drunk on, you know, as a, as a feast day. We'll get into that, okay. It actually is in the Torah, in the Torah. And by the way, when Yeshua comes back, when Messiah comes back, Messiah comes back, you got to keep the feast of tabernacle. If you want to be blessed in your land, you're going to have to come up for the Feast of Tabernacle. That's in the Torah, all right? Now it's in the prophets. It's in the prophets. And, and, and so it's important. Again, we've been robbed of, of knowing about these feasts. These are feasts. These are Israel's feasts. These are Hebraic feasts. These are our feasts, Israelites. Okay, and I know on the East Coast, they're really heavy into it. They're doing it. They've been doing it for years on the East Coast and up in Chicago. Uh, uh, Indianapolis and places like that I know of, that I know of, they've been doing it for years. They didn't just start. They've been going on for a long time, okay? And they, every year they'll have a big a big meeting on the East Coast, several places for Sukkot, Pasach, and, you know, and um, Shavuot, and, and, they're, and they're meeting, right? They're doing, been doing it, all right? So for many of us, it's like in Texas, it was, what, 50 years after everybody else got told about it, and then it... When, when did we get Juneteenth? So much time after they got it later? Well, that's where it is with us as people. Sometimes we get the news later. So it doesn't matter when you get it. Yeshua said, you come in at the end, you still get the same reward. Whether you started in the beginning or you get it at the end, you know, you still get the same promises. Okay. Three times a year, all your mail shall appear before the sovereign of the Lord. It's the men's responsibility to take care of the family, to get them there for that feast. That's what that means. It's the man's responsibility, the head of the household. Okay, again, we're not in Israel, so we have to do it in a designated place here. This year, it's probably gonna be at home, right? You're gonna do your celebrations at home. All right, I'm gonna go on down now. Um, I'm gonna go down to chapter 24 because I wanna get there. And again, for the sake of time, I need to get this I need to get this one in because this is your contract agreement. And, and I want you to get this, okay? It says, uh, then verse one says, then he said to Moses, come up to the Lord with Aaron and Adab and Abihu and 70 elders of Israel and, and bow low from afar. Okay, don't come all the way up. Just come halfway up. He says, Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near nor shall the people come up with him. He says, Moses went up and, and repeated to the people all the commands of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice saying, all things that the Lord has commanded us, we will do mm -hmm. at this time, right? They are accepting the contract agreement or I should say the covenant. He says, Moses came, he, he, he told them, he says, uh, he says, Moses went and repeated to the people all the commands of the Lord, right? 
So what is he doing? He's just what we're, he's doing exactly what we're doing now, right? He's telling them the commandments. He's telling them the, the Torah, right? He gave them the 10, but he also broke them down. That's what we were reading in, in uh, 20, chapters 21, 22, and 23. He's breaking down the 10 commandments for the people so that they will understand the covenant that they're entering into, how they are to conduct their, their business affairs. That's what, that's why this is important. Chapter 24, Exodus. Moses went and repeated to the people all the commands of the Lord. Yeshua came and repeated to the children of Israel all of the commands, all the, you said the Sermon on the Mount. You see, when you start reading, this is what he's doing. This is what Yeshua is doing. He is taking, taking the people back to Torah, mm -hmm. just like Moses and all the rules and all the people and all the rules. So the Ten Commandments and the rules, right? How to take care of the, the widows and the orphans and, and the maids and the maid service, the servants. Those are the rules, all those things. And all the people answered with one voice saying, all the things that the Lord has commanded us, we will do. They have entered into contract, verbal contract, very powerful with your word. He says, Moses then wrote down, after he spoke it, he wrote down all the commandments of the Lord. Right? Reaffirming, he said, early in the morning, he set up an altar at the foot of the mountain with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes. In other words, all the tribes are responsible for keeping the covenant. If you're an Israelite, you are responsible for keeping the covenant. Tell your children. As a matter of fact, all the men are supposed to write a copy of the Torah. We don't have to write it now because we're just going by it. Right. Right. But if you write it, it reinforces your memory of it. He says, and I know a lot of people that have actually written it. I haven't written it because I just read that, you know. He says, I designate some young men among the Israelites and they offer burnt offering and sacrifice bull as offering of well-being to the Lord. And he says, Moses took one part of the blood and put it in a basin, in basins, and the other part of the blood he dashed against the altar. Now, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We all know that, right? So this is what this is symbolic of, right? Again, in Christianity, we teach what? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So that Yeshua shed his blood. Because if he does not shed his blood, then you're bound in your sins, right? Okay. So this is where this comes, this is where it's come from. And now today we don't do that, right? So we, we depend upon what? M Mashiach, right? To bear us, but that does not excuse you from keeping the Torah. Okay? Just because you accept Yeshua as your Shazer and just because he died on Calvary does not absolve you from doing what is right or obeying the contract agreement, the covenant. In other words, if you believe that the Lord is God, and you want to enter into the, the covenant, the new covenant, renewed covenant, whatever covenant of God, you are bound to keep the commandments, okay? To do the things that are written. That's why I say you, you have to learn these things, how to apply them today, right? 
-hmm. Okay, so we need to we need to study these things. We need to put these in our homes, in our churches. We need to do these things. If we're going to break this cycle that we're in, he took now some of the blood he put on the altar. The blood on the altar is for the father. We have two responsibilities in a contract agreement, right? Both parties have to take part. So the blood that went on the altar, that was for the Lord. The other blood that he said they put on the people, that was their part of the contract agreement. In other words, we're all bound in this thing. So the father is bound to us and we're bound to him. That's what it's all about. Yeshua came to remind us of that contract agreement that we made. Okay, on the mount. That's what he came to, to remind us. To renew, to renew that, that, that we had, our fathers broke. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, in the, in, the, in the book of Matthew, it says, his blood be upon us and upon our children. His blood be upon us and upon our children. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord now makes with you concerning all these commandments. Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters I lay my, my case before you if you're not keeping the contract agreement first in the Shabbat secondly in the three times a year that we come together those we are bound to by the covenant we're bound to that and we need to learn how to do that it's not difficult but I wanted to get that. This is what I wanted to get to this out of all of this that I would get into. This is where I wanted to come for this, this parashah. This part right here is so important for everyone that wants to operate in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter whether you call yourself Christian or Jew or Muslim. See, whatever you call it, if you're going to operate in the kingdom of God and trust in Yah, our father in heaven and you say you're entering into the contract agreement with your mouth because that's how we do it now right we confess with our mouth the lord right you sure romans and 10, believe, 9, 9 right? 10. that's right our mouth. confess your mouth and believe in your heart that the lord right? our jesus christ if you are saying that if you have said that mm -hmm. You have entered into this very contract agreement because Yeshua did not change this contract agreement. He came so that we could operate in this contract agreement, this covenant. A covenant is greater than a contract because a contract, you don't give blood. But in a covenant, blood is shed. Mm. All right? The payment is blood in the, in the covenant. And we already read that because the blood, this is the blood. Verse 8, chapter 24. I wanted to get this. This is important. This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord now makes with you concerning all these commands. Yeshua said, this is my blood. This is my blood. See? So Yeshua is taking us to the contract. He is, this is our contract. Right? And you can, you can, you know, you can do anything you want to do, but, but when it comes to this contract, you can be whoever you want to be, but when it comes to this contract, 
If you're going to operate in this contract, you got to obey the command. See, and and I, I can't, I, I you know I, I can't live it for you because I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in, right? But I can give you and show you in the contract. I can show you the covenant, and we can discuss the covenant because it's not my covenant. I'm coming to you. This is how Rav Absalom is coming to you. I'm coming to you in the spirit of Elijah. I come in the spirit of Elijah to bring unity, to bring you back to the, the first, you know, it says, he says, Israel is my firstborn son, you see? So I wanna bring you back to Israel because Israel, the firstborn son gets a double portion. You understand that? If you're in Israel, you get a, as a, if you're operating as one of the firstborn, you get a double portion of the inheritance. Now, if you're, if our father in heaven is, is your father, and he's going to give you a double portion of the inheritance, I surely know you want to be, you want that. You can't get that unless you're operating in the covenant. You see, and Yeshua came for us to renew that covenant. That's what he came to do. We were so far away. And 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 right now, you know, we 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 cast him out. We put him on the we put him on, on the stake. And then had the nerve enough to say his blood be upon us and upon our children. We had the nerve enough that our fathers had the nerve. And I say it, we said it because it is, it is as if we were there when they did it. And the reason I know that is because we're in the United States of America. We're not in Israel. So we said, his blood be upon us and upon our children. And we're entering into that contract agreement. Okay. It's not hard. It's easy. People want to make it hard. Okay. But Elijah says it's not hard. Yeshua says it's not hard. Yeshua says my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So what Rabbi Absalom wants to do is to give you the covenant as Yeshua would give it to you, okay? In such a way that it's, you say, we live today, people would put you in burdens. And this is a big, is a big problem today. This is a big problem today. You know, people don't want you to, to, to take a walk, to, to go a certain distance. You know, and, and, and what the Torah says, don't leave your place. It means don't leave your city. Don't leave your city on the Sabbath, you know, going because it's, it becomes a burden to you. He said, people don't want you to warm your food up. If your, if your food causes me warmed up, we say warm up your food, you know, but you don't want to go and cook an elaborate meal on the Sabbath day because now you're breaking the Sabbath. But if you already prepared it on, on Friday, so that when the Shabbat comes up, all you do is warm it up, you still got a good, you got a good meal, right? But if you can't warm your food up, you're not going to enjoy it, especially if you like your hot food, right? You don't want to eat no cold food. So we want to make it easy afraid to tie your shoes up. You know, there are people actually afraid to tie their shoes up on the Shabbat. So we don't want that. We're gonna teach you, enjoy the Sabbath, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, don't go out and mow the lawn. <laughs> no, no, don't go out and do that, you know, because you're breaking the Sabbath. But enjoy your family. Some people don't turn the lights on. How you enjoy the day if you can't see anything? You know, and you sit around and look at each other all day, you know, 
<laughs> and you, you know, you know, look at <laughs> you ain't doing nothing, scared to do something, <laughs> right? Afraid to do something. You know, enjoy it. The Sabbath and the feast days, what I'm saying is, you understand what I'm saying? The feast days and the Sabbath days and this covenant is so that you can enjoy the creation of the world. Take enjoyment in the creation, what a father has given to us as a gift. He has given us a gift in this world and the angels can't enjoy it like we can because they don't have the body. They don't, they're not in tune with nature like we are, but he created us with the express, uh, express desire that we would enjoy all this creation. And not only that, but he put it in our power to be a part, to take part in the repairing and creating of the world. That's why we have all these great inventions like cars and airplanes, you know, television, radio, telephones, you know, all these things were for our good, meant for our good. All of them are meant for our good. It depends on how we use them, right? If we use them for good, they are good. Everything that he gives us is good. It says it. He created it and it was good. Some were very good. And he put us in charge of it and said, chill it, prune it, take care of it. It's my gift to you. He didn't mean for anything to be a burden to us. He didn't mean it that way. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. Any questions? Any, any uh, thoughts? Y'all have to forgive me. I go long. I know I've been going long. <laughs> I know I go long. If you can take the screen, I, I, if you can take the screen down so we can. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I will. Open it up for questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get going. I get. You know how preachers are, right? No, we we respect, <laughs> we respect the word and we thank you for the word. There's life in the word. There's freedom in the word. There's light in the word. There's love in the word. Yeah. Anyone have any questions or needed to say anything? Okay, I'm gonna take this back as far as me being okay. the host again. Well, we thank you for the word, uh, Rabbi Afshalom. Um, we won't hold anyone up any longer. Yes, uh, we did the Easter keeping it real, and I don't tell him what I'm gonna say, and he don't tell me what he's gonna give me. But God bridges that gap together where it just all comes together uh, as one, as you can see. And so uh, we thank the Lord for his guidance. We, we thank Yahshua and Yahweh for their covenant agreement. Um, he gave it to you. Keep the Sabbath day holy. The three times a year, having um, the, the festival, the feast of the harvest. Uh, we've been giving you the dates. We've been letting you know. We told you uh, Purim is coming up. We're giving everything to you. Do you hear us? Are you uh, researching these things? He told you about Evid. Uh, and we gave, he even gave you the word for the day, servant. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the word. Uh, Rabbi Afshalom, if you could uh, go ahead and end us in uh, prayer. We would love a, a Hebrew prayer today. Amen.
Barukata Adonai Elohim Melekala, I share Kishan Vizvana Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has commanded us and set us aside to study your Torah. We thank you, our Father, for you alone, our God, and besides you, there is no, no other. We thank you for your Son, Yeshua, and all that he has done for us in, in revealing to us the mystery of your will. We thank you for every one that is here with us in this, this, this lesson today, sharing. In the word, Father, we thank you that your anointing has touched each and every oh, heart yes. and mind that has been here today. We thank you that you are continually opening doors of opportunity that no man can shut. It is you, O oh Father, that keep us healthy and strong. It is you, O oh Father, through your, through your love for us that have kept yes. us for such a time as this. And Father, we just thank you that, that as we go forward today, your anointing rested upon us on this, your Shabbat, O oh Father, that you have given to us as a gift. Let Yeshua reign richly in our hearts and our minds. And for those that may be sick and afflicted, Father, we pray uh, for their, their spirit of their, their spirit and their bodies that will be, will be whole. And we speak against every principality and power and force that will come against them, Father. And we just speak life on their lives and on their bodies. Mm -hmm. Father, those who have problems in their mind, Father, we pray that their minds are clear. And Father, we just stand against every principality and power right now. But Shem Yeshua, Amen. 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 We will see you next Saturday. We look forward to seeing you again. We love you. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. shalom. There's a lot in the chat I missed. <laughs> I just <laughs> <laughs>